0: This is episode number 165, Mindful Tips for the Holidays, Crush It Mondays. Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about how to live a high-performance life, expanding the categories of mindset, plant-based nutrition, and inspiring stories to help you be better every day. And it's Monday. This is an episode of Crush It Mondays. Each week I'll bring you an inspiring message, habit, or contemplation to get your week off to a powerful start. In this week's episode, I want to talk about how to feel more content about your holidays. This is such a massive topic and there is a lot that goes into this. We see consumerism, we see people telling us that we should be happy, we see decorations, we see the hustle and bustle of travel, and we also see media that kind of tells us that we should be stressed about the holidays. Some people love the hustle and bustle, the travel, and seeing people you might only see once a year and having time off work. For others, this time of year might feel fake and empty or it can be stressful with all the energy that you need to give towards family figuring out what to buy people traveling and all the things you are quote supposed to be doing. And maybe the pressure of being happy this time of year is too high. Any health or mindful focus website will tell you to just count your blessings and to breathe. And while this is true, it's not enough and it's not specific enough. And of course we should know to count our blessings and breathe. And that's something we do every day, but what else can we do? I want to address a few topics that have been a theme to some of my holiday seasons, and hopefully they can help you too. So here's the first one. I don't really like my relatives, but have to spend time with them anyway. How many of you guys have felt that way? Yes, we might be forced to see a few family members that we don't like quite as much, and maybe they aren't our favorite people, but they are still our family. So try to identify what you don't like about spending time with them. And for me, it was that judgmental comments could be made about me or to me, or maybe I'm just plain bored hanging out with them. And that might sound harsh, but you have to be honest with yourself. What is it that you're not enjoying about this? And then have a plan for it. For example, if people are making chippy comments to you, I try to have a sense of humor about it, and I try to say to myself that they have different life views, different morals, or opinions that I don't have to agree with. They're actually speaking their truth and their reality, and I don't have to live my life like them or prioritize my time, finances, or goals to what their values are. If they have an opinion, I remind myself that their life experiences dictate their perspective, and it likely won't match mine. And I suppose it is about empathizing with them, is what we're trying to do here. But separating your emotions from it so you don't take it as personally can be really helpful. And I like thinking about that book I talked about a few months ago. It's one of my favorite books, The Four Agreements. And one of them is don't take things personally. And that's what we tend to do whenever a family member says something to us that makes us angry. Another thing you can do is if there's a person in particular that triggers you or maybe that you don't like as much, Try and think about the things that you do like about them or things that you've seen them do that you like and agree with. And it'll help you go into that situation with maybe better vibes and a better feeling about them. It's easy to look at somebody and think of all the things that they've said to us over our life and all the annoying things. And then you have that as your general opinion and attitude whenever you show up. So if you can start thinking about things that are positive about them, and even if it's just one thing, it can make a big difference to just how the whole interaction goes. Next, you feel aimless traveling, making time to see other people or even doing activities that you don't normally do can make you feel restless, aimless, or even cause anxiety. We get knocked out of our regular routine whenever we travel, especially when we're trying to accommodate other people around the holidays. And there are a few things you can do. So number one, if you thrive in routine, create a very small ritual or routine that you can do every day to ground you. And it doesn't have to be a whole day's worth. It could even be just like, a five, 10 or 30 minute thing that you do in the morning. And then you do it every single day. And it's something that makes you feel good. So it could be getting out for a walk, it could be going meditating, it could be just having your coffee by yourself. If you need peace and quiet, it can be reading a book for a few minutes or writing in your journal or anything, anything that you like that just makes you feel grounded and gives you a start to your day where you feel like you are in control. The second is a mindset shift about what it means to be aimless and restless. And I'll be the first to say that feeling aimless is hard for me, but it's something that I've learned is really important. And while it's happening, sometimes I don't actually enjoy it, but I remember that it actually helps me feel more creative, hungrier for my goals and motivated when I get back to my regular life. And throughout the year, I actually try to plan in times where I don't have an agenda and when I'm not progressing at something So I feel that aimless feeling, and then I remind myself how important it is. Toning down your training or your work for a short period of time may feel scary, like you're gonna lose fitness, you're gonna get left behind, but think big picture. You don't always have to be doing something every second to make gains. And rest means resting your mind, it means resting from your daily routine. And if it bothers you, it means you probably don't feel that way often enough. So remember that feeling restless or resting from your normal life activities actually is doing something. It helps you recover from the burnout of your normal life, or maybe it helps you just appreciate the things that you do on a daily basis. Okay, let's talk about food. This is a tough one. One big meal is not a make or break around the holidays, but doing it repeatedly for weeks on end can set you back for sure. And it's hard to set boundaries when temptations are at an all-time high. I know when I go to my parents' house, there's always all these different types of desserts and delicious goodies that I want to eat. So I try and set boundaries around that, but I don't always succeed. (laughs) But do your best. Set a foundation for adding in healthy things. So if you ate too many cookies, add in healthy things later that day or the next day. Like For example, go eat a handful of greens right out of the container from the fridge or eat a piece of fruit if you're feeling guilty about eating some cookies, and that helps offset that a little bit instead of telling yourself that you can't have the thing, try and just add in things that you know make you feel good about yourself whenever you do eat them every single day. And if you get off track, don't beat yourself up, we all do, just get right back on track with the next thing that you eat or that you put in your body. And that's why I think that eating greens or eating some fruit can be really helpful because it just reminds you that this is what you normally do and it's okay that you just enjoyed something. Sometimes a few meals will turn into a landslide of guilt and self-sabotage, and you think, well, I've already screwed up for the day, so I'm just going to keep eating whatever I want the rest of the day, and who cares? But really getting back on track is super important. So enjoy what you're eating, cut yourself some slack, but take action to immediately remind yourself of your normal habits and of your identity. Another trick is to use a smaller plate for big family meals. And I know like on Christmas, there'll be tons of different things on the table that I wanna eat and that I wanna try and I'll end up overeating. So I try using a smaller plate, that way I'll have smaller portions of everything if I still wanna try a bunch of things. And if I want seconds, I just wait three minutes and have a glass of water in between the first helping and the second helping, because then I remind myself, am I really full? Do I really want more? And it can prevent me from overeating. If you find yourself feeling guilty or beating yourself up, try to stop the story and just be curious about it. What does the guilt feel like? Where do you feel it in your body? Is this guilt going to be a permanent feeling? When are times that you felt the opposite of guilt and what were those things that you were doing? And just say that it's okay. Another thing that I do is whenever I'm visiting someone, I actually will cook healthy foods. That way they're available to me because sometimes whenever you're traveling, people don't have anything available for you. So you can make your own things that make you feel good and just try to eat those most of the day. And then you can have your treats later on or maybe just once or twice a day. Next, reflect. The holidays are a bookmark to the end of each year. And I like to take a few minutes with someone I care about and celebrate my successes for the year. I've mentioned in the past, I'm not very good at celebrating my successes in the moment, but I really like this check-in at the end of each year where I talk about my favorite moments, what I'm most proud of for the year and ways that I've grown personally. And I write them down and revisit them on days where I feel like I'm not good enough. And it reminds me that I am. So that reflection time can become a ritual that you do every year. And it can be something that makes you feel really, really good and also help you build connection with whoever you're sharing those things with. Another fun reflection is we did this actually at Thanksgiving. We passed around blank note cards at the table and we wrote just one good memory that we had in our family over the course of the years. And you can do this anonymously, like not write your name on it and have someone read it if you have a big family. Or I like actually just having people know what I said, but that's a great way to practice gratitude and reflecting upon times where you felt really good and sharing them as a group. And that can bring some really good conversations. All right, I have a few more. Stay away from social media if it makes you feel bad. And this can be so hard because we're so habituated to mindlessly opening up our phone and tapping on the app. So one thing that I've done to help me with that is I actually move the apps around so that I can't find it so that whenever I just randomly open my phone and my finger goes to that spot to open the app, it's actually not there. And sometimes I even put other apps there. I'll put like a meditation app or something else to remind me that, hey, like we can do something else with this time. Social media has perfect photos of people with their families and beautiful decorations and people baking and doing all kinds of holiday-like things. And it can be fun and festive, but it can also make you feel like crap if you're feeling FOMO or jealousy. So try to be aware of how you feel while you're scrolling and when you see these photos. And again, it could be a really positive and awesome thing, but if it's making you feel bad, just try to be aware of that. And remember that you're seeing hundreds of highlights from many, many, many people. And those were just snippets in time, and we tend to create an entire idealized story around that one second in time that that person shared with you. And you don't know what's really going on. So you could see their family photo and think, oh, they have the perfect family, and everybody gets along, and everybody's awesome. But that might not be the case. So if you feel icky, delete the app from your phone for the day, or just move the app around so that you can't easily just click on it. Another practice I've started implementing around social media is the pause. So Whenever I'm about to open the app, I pause and I ask myself why I'm opening Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. What is what is the reason that I'm opening it? Lately, like in the last week or so, I've noticed that I'm opening it because I feel lonely. And that was a really hard thing to admit to myself, that I'm opening it because I feel lonely. And then I go through the app and I still feel lonely and I'm looking for connection. I'm looking for someone who sent me a message or wrote a comment because I just feel like I want more connection. But I just feel worse afterwards. So now what I've been doing is if I feel lonely and I, and the reason I'm opening the social media is because I want connection, I actually call or text an actual human being that I know and that I'm close to, or I even make in-person plans instead. And it's so easy and it's like embarrassing to admit, but it's easy to just rely on your digital devices and your social media network to try to fulfill that, that feeling of connection, but it doesn't really work. You need to actually be spending time with people. All right now what about saying i have to travel for the holidays i have to see family i have to go away i have to do these things and i wrote an entire article and podcast on using i get to instead of i have to so instead of saying i have to see my family at the holidays say i get to see my family at the holidays changing that one simple phrase from whenever you're saying i have to do something to i get to do something creates more gratitude around it. And it, it might have felt like a chore before, but it might help you realize that the things you feel like you have to do can actually be a privilege. Like not everybody gets to see their family at the holidays. Not everybody gets to travel. Not everybody gets to be annoyed by their relatives. And that's a powerful tool that you can use anywhere using get to instead of have to. Okay. There's two left. You hate sitting around and I feel you on this one. It seems like whenever we do things as a big family group, everybody just sits around and drinks and that might not be the case for everybody, but man, I just really don't like doing that. So you can suggest things to do for the family. So like say, let's go for a walk or let's go to the park or before you even meet up with your group, write a list of experiences you think would be fun to do and suggest them because chances are not everybody wants to sit around and maybe people are just doing that out of boredom because they don't know what else to do. Something else you can do if you find that you've been sitting around too long and you're starting to feel antsy is just go to the other room and just do some push-ups or stretches or, or just go do something to take a break from that. You can also set boundaries around your time so that people will get used to that as well. And this might sound really extreme and this might not work for anyone else but me. But I actually write out a schedule of some of my planned activities for my trip and I put it on the fridge so that people can see that I have things that I want to do for me and anyone is welcome to join me. But then people know that there are boundaries and I'm going to spend like an hour or two a day moving my body outside in advance and then they won't feel offended if I suddenly get up and want to leave and go do something else. And this is the last thing. Um, Notice experiences that make your body feel like it is contracting or tightening, and the ones that make you feel like you're expanding. So, this is where I think breathing can really help. If someone is saying something that offends you, it feels like your body is contracting. If you feel trapped into doing something that you don't want to do, it can feel like contracting. Can you breathe into that contracted space? And for me, I feel this space in my chest or in the base of my neck. So I breathe into it through my nose and I imagine liquid sunlight melting the tightness away and I'll just take repeated breaths and that helps it not feel quite as bad because sometimes we get into situations where we just feel that way. And also notice when you're doing activities or spending time with people who make you feel open and expanding and can you add in more of that? And just knowing what or who helps you feel that way can help you've had more contentment into your day. And this goes outside just the holidays, like just trying to feel in your body whenever you're doing something, what that feels like, and then being able to address how you can make changes to that. So that's it for today's Crush It Monday. I hope you guys have a really awesome week. I hope you enjoy your holidays. I am, I'm in New Mexico with my family and I'm excited about the sunshine and about getting outside on some crunchy dirt. And just for a lot of the traditions that we've done over the years, I'm so thankful that you guys are listening to this podcast and are a part of my community, and it helps me stay inspired. So thank you so much for everything that you guys have been doing. And we'll see you right back here in just a few days.